But if you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38, we're going from verse 38 to 42. If you're following along in the Pew Bibles, and we encourage you to follow along, whether you've brought your own or whether you want to use one of those, it is page 869, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you... You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Last Saturday night, we got a text from a friend of ours asking if she could come over for a while. She was in town, she had a couple hours to kill, and she said, can I come over and visit? And we said, sure, of course you can. And then we looked at the house. You know, and you're like, oh, we got some stuff we've got to fix. You know, it's not so much that we, you know, that the house was a mess. It, it needed to be deconnered. You know, and all the stuff that Connor had done, we, we needed to kind of fix it. So we're picking things up. We're straightening things up. We're putting things away. Somehow, somehow I spent time fixing the vacuum cleaner. During that. I fixed the vacuum cleaner. and th- That was amazing. Don't ask me to fix your vacuum cleaner, but I, I can fix a vacuum. We get the house all straightened up. We got everything put away. And the knock came at the door. We opened the door and let her in. And we said, welcome. Please don't judge us. You know, this, this is just the way it is. And she came in. And, and then as soon as Connor saw her, he walked into the living room. He, his eyes lit up. He saw her standing there. And he walked up to her and gave her a hug. And then he grabbed her by the hand. And he led her into the living room. And he led her over to the couch. And he sat her down in his spot. You know, he's not like Sheldon. He sat her down in in his spot and let her sit there. And then he snuggled up next to her and put his arms around her and just really enjoyed having her there. And I was thinking about that as I was reading the story of Mary and Martha this week. Who was the better host that night? I'm not saying who was the more appropriate host because Connor was a little inappropriate. But who was the better host? Who made her feel more welcome that night. If Jesus was coming over to your house, what would you have to do to get things ready for him? If Jesus was going to come spend some time at your house, what would you have to do to get things ready? Would, would you need to straighten some things up? Would you need to put some things away? Would there be some things that you would hide? Would you maybe hide that latest trashy novel and you know lay, the, lay your Bible out on the, on the counter instead or lay your Bible there on the coffee table? Uh, would you, or would you simply take him by the hand and lead him into the living room and sit him down in your favorite spot and sit close and listen and uh, enjoy his presence? A lot of times we read the story of Mary and Martha. And as we read the story, we pick sides. Are you a Mary or are you a Martha? That's what we ask. Are you a Mary or a Martha? You know, and we're very critical about ourselves. So in our minds, it doesn't matter. We're always Marthas. You know? are, are you one of those people Mary, who just sit at the feet of Jesus and soak it all in? Or are you like a Martha? Are you always 
busy? Are you too busy to stop and enjoy His presence? But, but there's a more vital lesson in this story for us. There's a more important lesson for us in this story. And Jesus says that there's a vital lesson here. He says, only one thing is necessary. What is that one thing that He's talking about? You know, that's the real issue. Because knowing that one thing and, and giving our attention to that one thing brings our lives into focus. There's, that's essentially the difference here between Mary and Martha. It's the difference of focus and unfocused. Jesus was traveling. Verse 38 says, now as they went on their way. Well, what way were they going? They were going to Jerusalem, remember? They were still a long ways away, but they were going to Jerusalem. He had set His face to go to Jerusalem. He had set His face to go to the cross to go to His death to make that sacrifice. But as they went, they were stopping and they were visiting and they were meeting new people and they were doing new things and they were visiting old friends and so they would stop and gather and people would listen to Jesus teach and tell stories and tell His parables. And, and so they come to Mar Martha's house and, and there's Mary, her sister, sitting at Jesus' feet, just hanging on every word. But where's Martha? Well, verse 40 says that Martha was distracted with much serving. Because suddenly, her house is, is full of people and you know, word has spread. Hey, Jesus is in town, you know? And so suddenly her house is full of people and they're just coming in to meet Jesus and talk to Jesus and see him. And, and so she's, I guess she's probably getting out the folding chairs, you know, like whatever they had in the first century. There's like folding chairs. She's, she's getting out the folding chairs and she's moving the table over and making more room for people to come and sit down. And, and then she has to go into the kitchen and she has to get the drinks ready and she has to get some snacks. And, and you know, Jesus likes cookies, but he, he I can't serve Jesus cookies out of a box. You know, I, I have to make my own cookies. And so she's busy making cookies and getting everything ready. And where's her sister? She's sitting there at Jesus' feet. Martha gets all wrapped up, though, in, in all the details that she has to take care of that she loses focus. It's bad enough that she loses focus for herself, but she loses focus for Mary as well. It says there in, in verse 40, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, she went up to Jesus, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you like that? Is, is that how it works? Do we get to tell Jesus what to do? You know, a better translation, you read those words, tell her to help me. A better translation, what, what really gets to the meaning of it is she says, you want her to help me, don't you? <laughs> you hear that? Do we get to do that to Jesus? You want her to help me, don't you? <laughs> to tell Jesus what he ought to do? To tell Jesus what he ought to feel? What he ought to want? Are, are we able to do that? Are we able to, to say, Jesus, I understand this situation better than you do. I can tell you what you ought to do about this. Listen to me, Jesus, and I'll explain it to you. You need me to help you out here. You need me to tell you what's really important. You need me to tell you how to fix this. You need me to serve. You need me to take care of this. But look at Jesus' response to Martha. Verse 41, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Martha, 
are do something. Just do something for me. Humor me here for a moment, okay? I promise it won't hurt. Close your eyes just for a minute and think about verse 41. And hear those words, Martha, Martha, but but hear them for yourself. Brett, Brett, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Cindy, Cindy, Paul, Paul, Trish, Trish, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You can open your eyes. Did Jesus call you out? Did Jesus just call you out on that? Are you anxious? and troubled about many things. Why was Jesus there? Why was Jesus there? Was He there for dinner? No. You know, Jesus never says, I have come so that they might have lunch and have it more abundantly. He says, I have come so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He wasn't there for dinner. He was there for those people. He was there to to, to share with them and to be close to them. It's not about the things that keep us busy. It's about His presence. It's about His love. It's about welcoming Him into our lives and into our homes. And so Jesus tells her, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but there is one thing that is necessary. Do we know what that one thing is? Do we know that one thing that is to be our first priority? Martha was anxious and troubled about many things. And that's what many things do. Many things will make you anxious. Many things will make you troubled. When your heart is set on many things, there will be more anxiety, more trouble. But what if only one thing was necessary? What if there was only one priority? Where would all that anxiety go? Where would all the trouble go if there was only one thing that was necessary? And what if, what if that one thing treated you as a priority too? What if that one thing was a person who loved you and treated you as a priority? See, that's what Mary understood. Sitting there at Jesus' feet. By the way, that's not any place for a woman to be. Okay? Not in the first century. Women weren't supposed to be sitting there listening to teachings. They were supposed to be busy. They were supposed to be in the kitchen doing what Martha was doing. Women weren't supposed to be sitting there listening to these teachings. But there she sits at His feet soaking it all in. And what's Jesus' reaction? Jesus doesn't look down and go, "Uh, what are you doing? I need a drink. I need some cookies. They told me there were cookies. Where are my cookies? Why are you here? Why aren't you fluffing my pillow? Why aren't you in the other room? That's not Jesus' reaction as she's sitting there. Jesus' priority was for Mary to be there with Him, to, to be loving Him, to be in His presence. Do you understand what a priority you are to God? Do you understand that you are a priority to God? You know, it's like I've always told my good friend Max Lucado. Like Max Lucado said to me once in a book that I read, that was read to me. Um, You're a priority to God. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Whose whose pictures are on your refrigerator? Who's who's that priority that has that place? You know, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He is crazy about you. He loves you. You know, that song that Ilana sang for us last week, it said, you're a good, good God. That's who you are. We don't have to talk God into being good to us. We don't have to try to earn His love. We don't have to talk Him into loving us. He's a good, good God, a good, good Father. It's who you are. 
We don't have to busy ourselves proving our love for God so that He will love us back. He already loves you. So what happened when God made you a priority? What happened when you became God's priority? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. God loved the world in such a way, with such force and with such priority that He gave His one and only Son so that if you believe in Him, you won't perish. You won't be cast out. But you will have everlasting life. That's the greatest example of love that we have. That's the greatest example of love the world has ever known. What happens when we put Jesus first? What happens when Jesus becomes our priority? Well, if Jesus is my priority, am I going to love my wife any less? No. Because I'm going to love her with the love that Christ loves me with. You know, I'm going to, my love for her becomes an expression of my love for Christ. Am I going to care for my kids any less if Jesus is my first priority? No, because my care for them becomes a reflection of the care that, I have, uh, that, that I've received from my Lord. Will I do, would I do my job less? Would I slack off a little bit at work if Jesus was my first priority? No, because if Jesus is my first priority, I'm not just working to please my boss. I'm not just working, I'm not just working to, 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 to please Him. I'm working to please my Lord. And I'm working with the energy that He gives me. His love produces greater commitment in our lives. If we get that first priority right, if I understand that my first priority is to seek Jesus, I, I promise you, all the other priorities, all those other things will just fall into place. The anxiety will, will go away. That sense of being troubled by many things will be gone. This love produces a, a commitment greater than any other in our lives. And it continues to grow to take in all those other needs and all those other loves. And that's why it is so important that every now and then we stop. And we evaluate. We look at ourselves. We look at our own lives. And we ask ourselves, what am I doing to defend my first priority? What am I doing to keep my first priority as my first priority? Because you see, the problem is, Jesus may be your first priority, but He's not as loud as those other things. Jesus isn't as loud as those other things. Jesus isn't standing by your side saying, why aren't you paying attention to me? Why aren't you taking care of me? Why aren't you meeting my needs? What's wrong with you? There's other things in our lives that are, that are loud. Scientists, there are scientists who study cats. I don't know why. They probably got money from the government, right? You know, that's probably why. You know. What do you want to do? I want to study house cats. And you know, someone gave them money and they study house cats. So, so there's these scientists. The study came out recently. These scientists studied house cats, domesticated cats. And what they noticed was cats don't meow at other cats. Cats don't meow at other cats. That sound that they make is exclusively for the humans that they interact with, the humans that take care of them. Have you noticed that those of you who have cats, and you know, I'm with you and I'm sorry, uh, you know, those of you that have cats, have you noticed that they have sounds that are just for you? And sounds just for when they're hungry. Has anybody noticed that? Anybody? Is it just me? Yeah. They got sounds that are just for you. And what scientists have discovered is those verbalizations that cats make towards humans are in the same decibel range as a hungry baby. Cats 
make noises in the same decibel range as a hungry baby. And what they figure has happened is over years of domestication, as they've domesticated us, they've, they've adapted to make the same sounds as an infant or approximate the sounds of an infant. Because babies are a priority, aren't they? You know, when, when a baby makes a noise, we jump, we do it. You know, baby's hungry, you hear that noise and you are wired to respond to that. Well, the cats have somehow figured out that if you're wired to respond to that noise, if we make that noise, we're a priority too. So every morning I get up and I have a lot of things that I want to do for myself. I have to get my breakfast ready, I have to get this ready, I have to do that. But what's the loudest thing in the house? Grace's cat. <laughs> Not my cat, he's far too cool for that. But Grace's cat is the loudest, Ginger is the loudest thing in the house. And she sits there and she cries. And I want to get my, my breakfast ready. And I want to get this ready. But she cries and she cries. So what becomes the priority for me first thing in the morning? Ginger. <laughs> and so I go over and I open up the door to Grace's room upstairs and I let Ginger up there because I'm not going to take care of her. It's Grace's problem, you know? And so you know, I open the door and she goes up and she cries and cries to Grace. And then Grace gets up. There's a lot of things in our life that, that want to be the priority. And all those things make noise. Whether they're noises you know, that you can hear with your ears or whether they're noises that you hear in your head. You hear noises in your head too, right? That's not just me. This last week, Powerball. Powerball became a priority in some people's lives. Is Powerball anyone's priority? No. There are people who spent their life savings, you know, all $30 of it, on, I don't know how much they had. There were people that spent their life savings on Powerball tickets because all they heard for two weeks was Powerball, Powerball, billion dollars. That became a priority. There's other things in our lives that get loud and, and we think that they're priorities because they, they make a lot of noise and sometimes they are jobs and sometimes they are tasks that we have to do and sometimes they are, sometimes they are people. See, it's not just cats. It's, it's all of life. It's everything that wants to be a priority in your life. Everything that wants to be a priority makes noise. It's that busyness. It's that you get busy that you won't even take a day off. It's suffering. It's the aches and pains that we feel. And, and it's the aches and pains of people that we love and people that we care about. It's, it's the pains that, that they feel. It's, it's sin. And it's the guilt that results from that sin. And let me tell you, Satan, Satan does not want you concentrating on your priority. And he will keep you off balance. He will keep you away. He is the master of false guilt. And He will bring stuff up that God has long since forgiven and forgotten. And Satan will bring that up over and over again. And the danger is, just like that cat, whatever's the loudest gets the priority. Whether it's loudest in life, whether it's loudest in your head or your heart. Now, you and I don't live in the town of Bethany in the Middle East, not the Illinois one. We don't live in Bethany in the, in the first century in a house where Jesus would come and visit. So, so how do we, like Mary, sit at His feet? How do, we, how do we make that priority? How do we give Him our focus and our priority? Let me ask you this. So you guys are, are Bible scholars, right? Do you think it's any coincidence 
that the very next passage in the very next chapter, the very next verse, chapter 11, verse 1, starts out this way. Do you think this is a coincidence? Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when He finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say. And then he gives them the Lord's Prayer. You think that's a coincidence? That right after we have this talk about one thing being necessary and someone sitting at Jesus' feet and enjoying His presence, the very next chapter tells us how to experience that through prayer? Do you think it's, it's any coincidence that in the very next chapter, Jesus tells these stories, these parables, and He says, what father, this is in verse 11, what father among you if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? What's the point of those stories? Verse 13, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The point of the story is, you're a priority to God. You're such a priority to God that He never wants to leave you. He never wants to part from you. And He wants to give you His Holy Spirit so that you can be with Him forever. There are a lot of things in my life that could be a priority. But there's one thing that's necessary. There are some things that are very important. There are some things that are very noisy. There are some things that are both. <laughs> but there is one priority. And I have learned that if I try to take care of all of those things, including you things, if I try to take care of everything else without prayer, it doesn't work. You know, it Again, like I said to my friend Max Lucado, <laughs> when I work, I work. But when I pray, God works. When I give priority to Him, it is His strength that does the work. It is His power that does the work. And it is His peace that is produced from the work. You see, when Jesus is your first priority, then everything else comes into focus. Jesus said... Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. If Mary had missed that appointment to sit at Jesus' feet, if Mary had missed that appointment to, to just be in His presence, and if instead she had joined Martha in the kitchen, what would she have gained? Well, they may have prepared a nice meal together. They... They may have got the dishes done a little faster. They may have gotten everything out a little quicker. They might have gotten the house a little bit cleaner. Maybe she could have caught up on the local gossip around the town with her sister. But what would she have lost? She would have lost an opportunity to simply be in Jesus' presence and to know Him and to do the one thing that is necessary, the one thing that can't be taken away there are a lot of things that you can give your life to there are a lot of things that you can give your priority to to give your time to and a lot of them are very important and a lot of them seem worthy 
of your focus and your attention. And even worse, there are a lot of people who will pat you on the back if you make those things a priority and they'll tell you you did a good job. They'll tell you that, that you're a good provider for your family. They'll tell you that you're a hard worker. But what did you lose? You lost something that could not have been taken away from you. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Didn't we build a beautiful church? Lord, Lord, didn't, didn't we hold a lot of great worship services? Didn't we sing some beautiful songs? Didn't we do a lot of good things? Didn't we keep ourselves busy with a lot of important stuff? But what does it matter if He was never your priority? What does it matter if you never knew Him? You know, a day is coming when if we have made Jesus our first priority, we will be glad that we had a place for Him, a place of first priority. We'll be glad that we gave our hearts to Him. We're going to sing a song in, in just a moment. And uh, Grace, could you do me a favor back there? Could you pull up the first line in the slide? I just want to, just want to talk about this for a second. The, the next song, the song that we're going to sing, just pull up the first slide. I, I love the words to this. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. Where is that place in your life? Let me tell you where I think it probably isn't. It, it's probably not your job. And for those of you who are retired, it's probably not whatever you do, your jobs <laughs> being retired. That place of quiet rest, is it even in your home? You know, is it, is it with your kids? Is it with those people? Is there a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God? A place where sin can't touch, you know, sin cannot molest. That's language we don't, we don't really use that kind of language anymore. But is it a place where sin can violate you? Where you can come out feeling dirty and feeling used and feeling like, just feeling wrong near to the heart of God? Hit the next one, Grace. I just want to see that next slide. Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before you near to the heart of God. That's why we come to this table every week. Because it's not about any place else. It's not about anything else that we might have. It's about what He's done for us and the priority that we are to Him. That He would give His body. That He would give His blood that He would so love us that He would give so that we might never be separated from Him. Take us back to the previous slide. Let's stand together.